Hi, friends. I'm Molly, your host from Relief from Darkness, where we are continuing our conversations about how to be set free from the stuck places in our lives and walk into freedom with Christ to do what we're called to do. And on this series, we have talked about anything and everything. I mean, you name it, we've talked about it from eating disorders to nightmares to substance abuse and addiction and really everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that these things can change and that the thought processes that have you in these stuck places can change and be healed. Because if you change your brain, then you change your life. So we have, of course, our very own brain geek. Yes, would miss it. Dr. Lori here to give us some of her insights. And then we have super, super exciting for these last few episodes um, to wrap up Relief from Darkness, we're hearing from our Amarillo team, which is super fun. So we've heard from Tracy and we've heard from Amber. So today we're going to hear from Caitlin. And Caitlin is the Victim Services Coordinator for No Boundaries International Amarillo. So Caitlin, lay it on us. What's your life like and how did you get here? Oh gosh, what's my life like? So I am actually Tracy's daughter. What? Yes. So while she was in children's ministry for 14 years, um, while she did the older kiddos, I got the joy and privilege of working a lot with the preschoolers. So from, I mean, I was, I grew up in church. I um, came to know Christ and had that radical encounter at a really young age Mm -hmm. where God was like, Hey, I'm God, I'm your father. And I want a relationship with you. And I was like, okay, cool Jesus. And I was about four years old. Wow. What? And I was, and I remember it real clear. I was in the backseat of my parents' car and we were driving somewhere there. I say we, obviously I was not driving. (laughs) I was four. Good to know. (laughs) Right. And I was sitting next to my brother and all of it out of nowhere, I just, I knew Jesus was talking to me and saying, Hey, I want a relationship. I'm your father. And I just said, I accepted Jesus. And both my parents just turned around and were like, what? (laughs) And you're four. Is that why you like preschool or why you did preschool? Um, It could be that or like my short attention span that I could keep up with them. Um, But then, so I had that experience and and you remember it clearly i do remember it clearly Did i don't remember and there's the no like prompting or no. like it just like holy spirit just bam yes okay keep going and sorry that's very exciting my mom was on staff at a baptist church so i say i was baptist but i don't really like you know when people talk about how oftentimes the baptist community doesn't necessarily do the holy spirit or talk about holy spirit a whole lot Well, I didn't have that growing up because my family did. We talked about Holy Spirit, not in as much detail as we do now, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely different, especially from me having that Jesus moment at such a young age. Yeah. Kind of always had that with me. And then, so I started helping from a real young age with the preschool, doing preschool music and preschool activities and working with kiddos. And then at about 12 years old, I knew God was calling me to missions. Yeah. Um, which, so I talked to my parents and I was like, mom, dad, God's calling me to missions. Mm-hmm. Like, so where, where do you think I should go and be a missionary at? And my lovely parents sat me down and said, well, sweetheart, 
Missions isn't going to places. Missions is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. Which, okay, awesome. Except for when you grow up and as you're growing up and as a kid, you get asked by everybody, what are you going to be when you grow up? Um, and at schools, they do the college fair of, well, what, what do you want to go to college and be? Well, I don't know. I know I'm supposed to be a missionary and do missions, but that's a way of life. Yeah, but that's a lifestyle. <laughs> that's a lifestyle. There's not a book for that. There's not a, oh, I graduate with this degree because you can do missions going to Walmart. Right. It doesn't have to be a specific thing that you do. It's everyday life. Um, and then when Tracy took the group to Oklahoma City to meet Miss Lori and everybody here, it was, I was one of those seven ladies. Mm-hmm. And so at 16 years old, um, my mom and I got involved with No Boundaries. Yeah. Because what else do you do at 16 years old? While everybody else is going partying, I was doing street outreach. Literally. Literally. I mean. Yeah. I was around the same people. Because, you know, they saw them at parties and I just saw them talking to them about Jesus and how they can be different. They can do different things. And so then I decided sort of to go to college for social work um, and graduated, surprisingly, with my degree in social work. The last Hmm. semester I was like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) And my parents were like, you're almost done. Just finish. Mm -hmm. And I ended up for a a couple years while I'm still doing no boundaries, working at the county jail and doing life skills classes with the inmates and doing one-on-one mentoring with those inmates, getting to sit down and talk with traffickers about how they ran girls, how they got started in it, um, what their thought process was and what, how they viewed women, how they viewed people, how they viewed themselves even. Mm -hmm. And just that random knowledge of all sorts of fun things and doing street outreach while I'm doing that. And even in the jail, when I worked there, one of the traffickers ended up getting arrested for something. And in the middle of the jail says, Hey, Caitlin. And one of the other guys, cause he had just got there. were like, how do you know Miss Kate? Cause that's what they called me was Miss K. Yeah. And he was like, well, I watched her grow up on the boulevard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which of course is great for your job for people to be like, um, explain how this man that is known for doing horrible things. Yeah. Watched you grow up. And I'm like, well, he, he kind of did. Cause we met when I was about 16 Mm-hmm. And but this is how we met is doing no boundaries and ministering to him and showing him that Jesus loves him. And even later, whenever he went to jail at one point, getting a letter back from him saying, thank you for the encouragement. Mm. Thank you for showing me that Jesus does love me. Thank yeah. you for being that light in the dark places. So at first he wouldn't even talk to us. And then he sends a letter saying, thank you for being for being a nice person. Yeah. So awesome. And then, so then now I um, don't do social work in the sense of a paying job. Right. I do it at no boundaries. Um, I am a licensed social worker now in Texas. 
and get to do that with no boundaries and then also pay my bills by waitressing. Yeah. And so that's always fun because as some people don't know, in Texas, waitresses don't get a paycheck from the restaurant that they work at. Mm -hmm. We live off of tips. So it's not a set, oh, this week I'm going to work 40 hours, so I'll make $500 this week. It's, oh, I don't remember the last time I worked 40 hours at the restaurant. I don't know that I ever have in one week. Mm -hmm. I might work maybe 24, 30 hours. Yeah. And I live on my own by myself. Yeah. And I pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And I am not in debt. Mm -hmm. Only by the grace of God. Right. Because... That's a scary thing going, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to do missions with no boundaries and be the social worker and do those things and work with the victims, do lead our strip club outreach, but to pay my bills, I'm going to be a waitress where it's not a guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. So that's a little of my life. Yeah. That sounds like a super fun life, like forever. It's definitely different. Yeah. Um, because you know, I know there's lots of people that go, oh, preacher's kids are the worst. Mm. Minister's kids are the worst because we're raised in the church. Oftentimes, a lot of people who were raised in the church or were missionary kids or anything like that have been looked at by others that are Christians as supposed to be better Mm. and have that pressure of, you're supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to not struggle with anything. You're supposed to have this fairy tale life. And that's not always true. Yeah. And going, instead of going as so many people that are raised in the church, raised by pastors, raised by missionaries, raised by ministers, raised by people doing God's work, go, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go the other way. I went to the way that very few really go and went, I'm going to be right there alongside my crazy mother. Yeah. <laughs> and do all these fun things. She's been called crazy twice uh, now. Twice. I think there's a theme, theme here. Uh-huh. I mean, she is a little crazy, but I think we all kind of have to be yeah. in society's eyes a little crazy to do what we do. Right. And love it. And I think the part that I love is getting to see God move every day in different ways. I mean, I remember... Yeah. When I was young, um, before we moved to Amarillo, because we moved to Amarillo when I was 14. And so we were in Oklahoma, and I got a text from some random number. And I and I just responded. And I was like, who is this? I just got a new phone. It was before they could, you know, transfer all the contacts. So I was like, right. I don't know if I really know this person or not. And I got a response back cussing me out and asking me why I would message her husband and all these, all these things. And at the time I was probably 13. Yeah. And I went to my parents. I was like, why is this lady yelling at me? I didn't do anything. So I just responded. And I was like, I got a text first and I just didn't know who you were. And then from that, she starts telling me via text message. We never talked on the phone about her struggle with cancer, about her husband, Uh, cheating on her and having affairs about just not having a relationship with God and struggling with that. So through text message, I, I got the opportunity to lead her to Christ and let her know that she is 
a daughter of the king. And at the time I was 13. So I did what every 13 year old does and went to my parents. Yeah. They were supposed (laughs) to be my spiritual leaders and guides and went, what do I do? She's asking about Jesus. How do I tell her over text message about Jesus? Like I've never done it over text. I've done it face to face. Yeah. But text is different. And that was early on in texting even. Mm -hmm. And my sweet parents again went, well, she texted you, not us. So God wants you to do it, not us. Huh. Go and pray and ask Jesus. Yeah. That was their words of wisdom and advice right. for their 13-year-old daughter that loved that advice oh so much. Mm-hmm. But so this lady and I continued to have this odd texting relationship of her messaging, asking for prayer and us praying via text message. She never knew how old I was. Yeah. Um, never knew. I'm sure she would have been mortified to find out she was talking to a 13 year old about cancer, about her husband having an affair, mm-hmm. about all these very personal things. And so one day I hadn't heard back from her in a while. And it ha- it wasn't, but maybe a couple months after she truly had that relationship with Jesus encounter and so I called because I was really worried she wasn't responding and I was and some man answered the phone and I asked for her and he said she just passed away mm. her funeral was yesterday what and it was only a couple months after that whole conversation about you can have a personal relationship yes. with Jesus And so I remember from an early age, always being told um, by my parents, God can use anyone. Yeah. It doesn't have, it doesn't start at a certain age. You know, God doesn't say, oh, you have to be 20 years old. That's when you get to be someone that gets to share about me. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say that. Right. And you know, growing up, I got, I was told by, um, some pastors that because I was young and a female, I couldn't lead. I couldn't speak about Jesus and lead a group, which was very disheartening and very complete opposite from everything I had been raised by my parents and everything I had read in the Bible and told about from Jesus. Yeah. And, but it also makes me very sad for them if that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. Because who else is missing out on that? If they believe that, how many other young people, men, women, go, I'm too young to do this. Yeah. I'm too young to share with this adult about Jesus because they're an adult. They have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm an adult now. Technically, I don't feel like an adult because I think when you're an adult, you have all the answers. And I've yet to meet an adult that has all the answers. Correct. <laughs> so I don't think we ever really stop learning. And so if we don't ever stop learning, that means at any age, someone can teach you something. Yeah. And so I think for me, you know, my life today is very different and part of it's from the way I was raised, but a lot of it is just from going, okay, Jesus, anyone can be used. Anyone can teach me. You know, I worked for a couple years in a foster care agency working with foster care kiddos that had been taken from their parents and learning all sorts of things from those kids of just because someone comes from a bad background 
or someone has had horrific things happen in their life doesn't mean that they can't still be joyful. Mm -hmm. I saw more smiles and more excitement from some of those kids that had been through horrific things than I had seen from some people that had never had those same horrific things ever happen in their life and said they love Jesus. Yeah. Because those kids were that example of pure love and just pure joy. I think that's part of why I ended up working a lot with the really young kiddos because they had that innocence of, well, if we can do it, if Jesus says we can, we can do it. Yeah. And that naiveness because they don't have the world saying, no, you can't. Which is what we're supposed to do. Absolutely. I mean, we're supposed to approach him like that, like a child of believing what he said and then doing it. Yes. Super fun. And like everything about your story, like I'm just blown away because you're super cool in that like everything that the norms or like (laughs) culture would say is just so upside down. Like you didn't like use your or like, your social work degree to make sure that you have A, B, and C (laughs) taken care of, but you're seriously living by faith and doing exactly what God's called you to do. And then watching him sustain you because he promised that. And you believe that he would do that. Absolutely. And so like following Jesus, probably the most like counterculture thing you could do. Oh, Like that is, and that's, I think like a lot of kids or like youth or what they're like, what like alternative counterculture, whatever, you know, like, (laughs) Thing, but seriously, if you really want to rock culture, follow Jesus. Absolutely. Like, in all honesty, like, that's the most, like, stick it to whoever that mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop there. Dr. Lori. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she stops with stick it to whoever. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I love in our society, a lot of times people are introduced to Jesus about the same time as Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy or the Easter Bunny. And if you think about God the Father revealing himself to Caitlin at four, and so what's a father supposed to do? Provide and protect into purpose, to mm-hmm. speak destiny. And a lot of times if we don't grow in our relationship with Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, then we'll land wherever we were when we first acknowledged him. And then our faith, if it's a Santa Claus or a tooth fairy level of faith that we have with Jesus, then we won't be able to sustain the hard things and to do things that are outside of ourselves. And I mean, you talk about the out of the ordinary, like what you were talking about, Molly, look what she's done. And so let me just challenge us all with this then, where's the safest place we could be? And that's where he's asked us to go. So naturally, why wouldn't a 16-year-old with her mom go out on street outreach? She's more protected there. Or why wouldn't the female work in the jail with the pimps and the offenders or in foster care? Or so that's the protection. And then for the provision, then if we think about our paycheck comes from someone or some entity, or does all of our provision actually come from God the Father? Mm-hmm. and he can get it in and through anyone. And so I love, I think with all of us, we've had to learn to live like this at a whole nother level of faith where he's a provider. It comes from him through others. And then to not have set hours or, and I didn't know you didn't get anything in Texas, 
But then for her to ask Jesus to position people at her table so that she could unlock their hearts with keys of the kingdom, and then he could minister to them and through them, then resources would come in for her to do what she's been called to do, where she's not looking at man, but she's looking at God the Father for the the purpose that he's created her for. And then, I mean, we could have just stopped with that whole sentence about then missions isn't a destination. Yeah. It's our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That if we know Jesus, then every single one of us are missionaries with mission at heart, whether you're waitressing or you're a social work or you're a trauma therapist or you're in water resources or everywhere that we go, we are on mission to advance the gospel of the kingdom and to bring Jesus. Mm-hmm. So th- this is so rich. And a watch... What happens at a young age and through adolescence and into adulthood? Someone who actually lives this out. This is more normal, and this really sounds more like the Acts community than what we see in our culture. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I know, like, I mean, as you're just saying it, I'm just thinking, man, like what I was doing at 16 (laughs) and what you were doing, like you would be ministering to me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, how cool that he really will just use whoever, whoever's ready for that, like, who's ever surrendered to him mm-hmm. and it has a relationship with him. And that's where it all started. Yeah. And that he's the one that revealed himself to you at four years old. Mm-hmm. And you can't, like, talk a four-year-old. I don't know if you try to talk a four-year-old into anything. Like, doesn't work. it doesn't work. And so if I'm just reminded and inspired that he's faithful to reveal himself. So when I was, so, you know, we're in Oklahoma. So it reminds me, you know, Oklahoma is known for tornadoes. Yeah. So the May 3rd, 1999 tornado that was a mile wide, a mile long. Mm -hmm. We lived in Oklahoma for that. I was three and we were on the path that the tornado was coming to. We were, we were told, take shelter, everything, it's, it's destroying everything. Right. So we, at the time, weren't close enough to anyone with the cellar, so we got in the closet because that was the safest place at that time. Mm-hmm. And so we get in the closet, and they're telling us it's coming straight for our house on the radio that we have. And so I say, we should pray. So I prayed at three and said, and this is before I have that relationship with Jesus, really. Yeah. And I say, Jesus, save us from the tornado. Amen. So I looked at my parents who were children's ministers and said, okay, we can get out now. <laughs> you know, three-year-old mindset. Right. And my dad was like, no, you know, we need to take, keep in shelter. And I looked at him and I said, but I prayed and asked Jesus to save us. So he's going to save us. Not even five seconds later, they come on and say the tornado has turned and changed directions. Mm. And from what I was told, I gave my dad this look of, see, I told you. (laughs) I don't know the look that I gave him. Right. But I think that's that's a story that I'll always keep because it's a great example to me of, when you have that faith and that trust that Jesus will do what you ask him to do in faith, mm-hmm. he's good to do it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a big prayer of fancy words. 
Jesus save us wasn't fancy, right? Straight to the point. Yeah. But then also believing, hey, I prayed this. And I'm going to stand firm and say, Jesus is good. He's going to save us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, everything about, I just think everything about how you've lived your life with him is just, I mean, how incredible. Mm -hmm. Like what happens when, what happens whenever we, we pray and we ask him things and we trust Mm -hmm. and what happens when you could be like, I just think about youth right now. I just can't, I can't get away from like what you're doing at 16, what I was doing at 16. <laughs> but if you could get a 16-year-old or a 13-year-old that's mm-hmm. leading someone to Christ on via text message, but what happens whenever you know him so well, even mm-hmm. at that age, that that's enough. That yeah. at that age, you can say, okay, Jesus, then what do you want to say to this person? Or how do you want to respond? That he's not withholding anything. And I think the biggest, like one of the biggest lies is that he's withholding any part of himself mm-hmm. from people. Like it's not until I reach this age or until I get this job or until I have this much money mm-hmm. that he'll start working. Yeah. But like, what if he actually took everything on the cross and said, it's finished. Right. And everything's covered by that. And now it's time to go and do exactly what you're called to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, Dr. Lori, mm-hmm. what would you say to the listeners? Like, I don't know. I have this feeling that, I mean, someone who's listening that's ready for that next step or has been inspired by Caitlin's story, what would you say to them? Well, it sounds like it's just childlike faith mm-hmm. and what he said he'll do. And you can either focus on what he said and what he's already done, or you can focus on what ifs and what he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. And so if we just do what's in front of us and what he's already said, and if we just engage and put action to childlike faith. So she prayed for the tornado, and of course the tornado moved. And so, But think about what we're listening to. So what are the behaviors that we have that develop our history with Jesus showing up. So she prayed Mm -hmm. and she thinks about him and she's reading his word and she's trusting him with provision. And, and again, we'll start with what we can do today so that we can do today what we can't do tomorrow and then be able to do that thing tomorrow. And so it just needs to grow. We need to be growing. We need to be fed. We need to be filled and we need to have outreach. And it's a beautiful beautiful process. Yeah. And then I would, I would challenge us if we truly know Jesus and if we're following Jesus, this should be more of the norm than Mm -hmm. not. Yeah. I mean, I think the last time I read, this is a standard and anything else is really called sin. Yeah. And that's what I like about your story is that it, I mean, it just seems so gospel like, and it just seems so biblical. Mm Mm-hmm. Of like, and you just knowing that and no one can take that away from you. No one can make you question any of those things. And that's what happens when you're just grounded in him. So, Caitlin, what do you have to say? Word of encouragement or anything for the listeners? I think, you know, while, yes, I love Jesus. I have an amazing relationship with him. He is my father. That doesn't mean I don't struggle. Yeah. And I think so many times we go, well, if I'm struggling, then is my relationship really good? But as Tracy has oftentimes reminded me, 
the enemy's not going to attack someone that's not doing God's work. He doesn't need to mess with the people that aren't doing what they're supposed to do because they're not fighting against him. Yeah. When we're going through struggles, when we're going through hard times, we need to rejoice and go, okay, God, you're going to do something awesome. Yeah. Because these bad things are just popping up by, you know, my car got hit by a trash can or my house is flooding and I have all these other things that I'm supposed to be doing. God, where are you? Mm. And going, life doesn't have to be perfect, but God is, and he is still on the throne. Yeah. And to just be steadfast and go, okay, Jesus, you promised you're going to get me through this. So let's go. I'm going to buckle up and just trust you. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is just trust God to get you through whatever's going on in your life. Yeah. I think, I think that sums it up actually. (laughs) So, I mean, what I'm hearing y'all is trust the Lord. Trust what he said. Trust that he did it. Believe in him and believe that that was enough. And that's the thing that will sustain you. I mean, we're created by him and for him. And it really is truly that we will only be satisfied in him. And that's what Caitlin's walked out. And to say even then, like there's still struggles because circumstances don't always change and circumstances can fluctuate. But that inward peace of having the living, breathing Christ living inside of you, that's a steady thing that will never leave you, that won't falter. He won't fail and he's faithful. So I just want to encourage you to step out in faith and whatever he's asking, and then watch him show up and show off. Mm-hmm. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness, because here we believe that if you change your brain, then you change your life. So we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.